Welcome to the Transformative Studio Podcast, a place for conversations with compassionately sensitive people, sharing practical and spiritual wisdom to help you navigate through this life with greater ease and awareness. I am Raphael Serena Cox, founder of the Transformative Studio, and I passionately believe we can experience deeper transformation when we open up to an honest practice of self-inquiry. So welcome everybody. Today I'm joined by Sarah and Sarah works with the Akashic Records and I'm really going to look forward to this conversation together because the Akashic Records is something that I heard about a lot and when I went into some process with it I felt a real affinity, a real sort of energetic shift and the beauty of Sarah, she's got a wealth of knowledge in the Akashic Records herself. So welcome Sarah. Oh, thank you very much, Raphael. I'm very happy to be here and to be able to share with everyone. Yeah. So the Akashic Records, for those that don't know, what would be your best way of describing it to us? Oh, okay. So there are lots of ancient meanings, um, but I like the more modern um, metaphors um, where we can think about the internet. So everyone understands their computer. They understand maybe that they have local storage on their computer. And then there's the cloud. There's the place where you put all the information that you save for later. And the Akashic Records is sort of like that in the sense that it's where you store energetically or where, if you like, the group consciousness stores energetically all of our thoughts, actions, circumstances, uh, situations and life experiences. So it's out there in the cloud, if you Mm -hmm. like, a compendium of information for each individual on the planet. Wow. So it's a big storehouse. Really big storehouse and um, everyone can access it. And often there are many on ramps or roads into the Akashic Records. And often people don't even realize they're in their Akashic Records because it can feel so organic sometimes, Mm -hmm. especially people who are creatives, writers, or you just get an inspiration from somewhere. Sometimes that can be that you're in your Akashic Records. Mm. I think that's possibly what I was feeling when I first experienced them, because there was this real sort of sense of safety I felt about it and a sort of a huge respect and reverence to what what was there. And I, I, I must say, I wasn't sure of what I was actually experiencing, but it felt like I had to use a lot of respect for the for the data or for the information. And And I know because I've experienced your work, which we'll we'll go on to a little bit later, um, it is really powerful stuff, isn't it? And the way that you can, would you say you're rearranging things or you're sort of releasing things, but you're you're certainly shifting the data organisation. Is that that a good way to describe it? I really like um, the way you put that, Raphael, because it's a a shift of information. You can almost think of it as a shift in perspective. But there's another point I'm going to address first you made there, which is um, about the feeling of reverence and respect. Um, For some people, it can feel like a homecoming, too. It's like, oh, I know this already. Um, So a very important point for anyone who's interested in working with their own Akashic records, because we all have our own individual records, as well as obviously group consciousness and planetary consciousness, things like that, is that it's an energetic database. So it's almost like the energy you put into it is what will get reflected back at you. Mm -hmm. 
So if people go in with very intense curiosity, which is often what people do initially, they they hear that the Akashic Records is all about past lives, which in one sense it very much is. And so they get all excited and curious, and then they spend hours in there wandering through their past lives. So whatever the energy is you put in is what you get back. So what I tell clients, it's like when you Google um, a lamp, you're going to want a green lamp, you know, the green lamp shade. So that's what the energy that you take to Google, right? You don't just say lamp because you're going to get lamps of every color, shape, design or whatever. And it's the same thing with the Akashic Records. So intention is everything when you're working with energy because energy always says yes, energy always reflects back. So that's the first thing. And then you made a second point, which I've now gone completely blank on. So which often happens when I'm channeling the records. That <laughs> um, was the next thing. It was just sort of, again, with regard to reverence, really, because I felt as if we were reshifting an order, a sort of right. a, a structure. Right. So a good analogy is kind of like um, a multidimensional Rubik's Cube. Mm. So we are we all have a soul. That's what I believe. But at the moment, you and I, there's aspects of us that are incarnated into a human body. So it's like we have only have access to one Rubik's Cube. So we like can change it, you know, make all the sides match, clear any issues with it, you know, square off the edges, all of that, you know, how it kind of sits half open when people play with it, all of those things. So we can have the Rubik's Cube like that, or we can start working with our records. And it's basically, I'm just making an analogy for... Um, people's sense of themselves energetically you know if they've got issues going on that are outside of conscious awareness that's what the analogy I'm making with the Rubik's Cube so and then as you start to work more in the Akashic Records it's like you have access to even more dimensions of that Rubik's Cube it's not just in 3D it's in other dimensions Mm -hmm. so it's like yes you can rearrange the information but the information was already perfect because the soul is already perfect or whole, if you like, in that sense. We're just rearranging our perceptions so that we can have more energy flow and a more aligned life on earth, if that mm. makes sense. And so, you know, karma kind of is a perception, but it depends, you know, if our perception is warped, then it has an effect on us as we live lives on earth. So I hope I'm making some sense there with that analogy. Yeah, very much so. And I think just let me pause on that word karma, because that, I think, is an interesting word. And I, I'll open it up to you to share. What, what's your explanation of karma? OK, so um, I had a very two or even one dimensional um, view of karma initially as a younger person, you know, black, white, good, bad. Hmm. Um, you do a bad thing. You know, it, it counts as a check mark against you, if you like, or a tick mark against you. Um, but karma itself is very interesting. Um, as I've delved deeper into the work and I've been giving deeper types of readings and working with the soul blueprint, the divine soul blueprint, which is something you can access through the Akashic Records as you work with it. Um, but karma really at the highest level, at the soul level, is simply about making choices that aren't in alignment with your own divine soul blueprint. So when you do that, things don't go so well for you. Um, So karma can be going against your essence, if you like. 
And then we can break it down into the very human constructs, you know, where we choose to do things that are against either our own best interests or others, which is essentially what goes on when people go down a path that doesn't serve them. So, you know, at the very highest level, just a mismatch, really, between the essence of the soul and um, our actions and decisions that we choose to make in everyday life. Mm. Yeah, I, I sort of am in alignment with your thinking there, because I came in it just like you did. It was sort of like good or bad and predominantly bad. It was a sort of a bad experience. But in my yogic background, karma is actually referred to as an action. So it's actually a, a neutral thing. It is, however, an action. And like you say, it can either be working with you or against your soul imprint, what it's here to experience. And I think that's where the, the positive side of working with the soul blueprint, as you reference, is right. that we've got these talents and skills and goals that really help us sort of experience this life and overcome these sort of karmic challenges or sort of moments in time where we've gone against our natural essence um and I think that's what was so fascinating for me um when I had that session with you because mm -hmm. you can see how you were just exploring you know in a previous lifetime and, and like yourself I, I I I wasn't so interested in past lives a few years back but I think actually of recent times just understanding a little bit about my past life to just see what was my interest peaked by and mm -hmm. how it actually relates quite significantly to what I'm experiencing this lifetime as well and actually knowing that what I did experience in a past lifetime there is some real positive to it that I can draw on for this lifetime and what was less uh, beneficial to myself and those around me at the time I've learned from that, moved on, and I can let that part of the journey go so I can then bring into this lifetime a, a wiser, more sort of um, broader perspective, perhaps, on, on the experience of this earthbound existence. Beautiful. Yeah, so perspective is everything, <laughs> especially in the Akashic Records. So um, sometimes when people work with me in, in the way that you did, they're concerned that they're going to lose or let go of a particular past life experience that they feel is very valuable. But again, if you go back to the Rubik's Cube analogy, we're kind of rearranging the blocks so that things are, that all the blocks are still there. We're just looking from a different perspective. So mm. my experience anyway, the, the, the way I've done the work so far with the Akashic work is that people always retain the wisdom and knowledge from any life, even if they learn how to clear cut the karmic patterns from it that are holding them back. Because, you know, we all know that history can be a very valuable teacher. And it's the same for anybody in their individual life or lives, past lives, as well as for us as, you know, a group on the planet. Mm. So um, obviously it's you, your daily exposure into sort of um, the Akashic Records. So what, what sort of drew your interest? Because I'm sure we're piquing a lot of people's interests now talking <laughs> about this. And it, it may feel quite overwhelming, perhaps, but if you were first coming to it, so which is why I want to take you back to your first sort of draw towards it, what, what was going mm. on for you that made you feel so keen to explore it further? Um, I think it was a series of events that kind of primed the pump because I had a really big energetic opening to the records. But when I look back on it now, 
uh, it might seem spontaneous, you know, but like for a lot of us on the journey, other things led to that, other things occurred. So um, I'd done previous, I kind of had a major opening to the Akashic Records in 2010, but previous to that, I'd done um, five or six years of a particular type of energy work, which works with um, your electromagnetic field that surrounds the human body. And um, I sometimes had experiences that I couldn't explain, um, but like a lot of people who delve into energy work, often we're told to just put those aside and you know be the facilitator and just be the conduit, if you like, for the energy. So the experiences themselves don't need to be related to the client, et cetera, and so forth. So I was doing that for five or so years. And then uh, in 2010, I got a book in the post or the mail that I didn't order. And it was by a lady called Linda Howe, who's actually one of my first teachers, really great teacher if you want to get started um, in that area. And she wrote this book called uh, How to Read the Akashic Records. And I love that her last name is Howe as well, because I'm always looking at names and, you know, their meanings and things. Mm -hmm. But basically... I started reading the book and I felt this energy spontaneously moving over my body. And to be honest, it kind of freaked me out. Mm. So despite the fact I was an energy worker, it's like I opened a book and this happened. How can that be? So I put the book aside and then a little later that year, I finished reading it. And it was as if spontaneously I just knew I had the knowledge or the awareness that I could read not only for myself in the Akashic Records, but for clients. And then so I started reading kind of for friends and family at that point. And ultimately I started putting my information out on the web and then the clients started coming. So mm -hmm. while it might seem like, you know, a kabam situation, there was actually quite a long run up to it, mm. I think. Yeah, I think you, like you say, there was a, a calling within you and then the alignment and everything falls into place. And um, so if we are living our lives and we're thinking, I feel there's something more than what I'm seeing or experiencing. And I'd like mm. to explore the Akashic Records. And I know you've already highlighted to us, it is available to everyone. So what would you suggest for someone that's just starting out and wants to explore? Um, well, Linda's prayer is out there everywhere on the internet. So she made it freely available. And so um, that's one way to get started. Um, there are a lot of different ways to access the records, though. Um, for me, although her method was great to get me going, I found that I could attune to the records in a very specific way with a meditation that involves physical um, kind of not physical movement, but a physical sensing and a guided meditation that kind of came to me spontaneously over a period of time. So learning an attunement from an Akashic reader is, is another one, is one way to do it. Um, so you've got the prayer, you've got attunement. Um, and sometimes people realize once they work with an Akashic reader that they've been accessing their records, but they just didn't know what to call it before. Mm. So sometimes if people have had either a peak experience, you know, of being very aware of information um, or they've had a really interesting experience. One completely seems disconnected, but now when I look back, I realize I was in the records. Is There's not only our individual Akashic records. Uh, each construct, if you like, in the field has an Akashic record. So houses have an Akashic record. Your pet 
has an Akashic record. Mm. Trees have an Akashic record. A genus of tree has an Akashic record. So I remember having an experience where I was in a house and, and it was kind of like a mediumship experience, but it was about the history of the house, the way somebody had actually passed away in that house. And I was able to relate it to the owner who confirmed it to me. I realized I was connecting with that house's Akashic record. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, for a lot, I met, I, sometimes I just get pushed to mention stories when I work with clients. So for this particular group of listeners and watchers, there may be someone going, oh, I've had that experience. That's what that was then. So hopefully that you'll see that, you know, while we can go different methodologies and routes for the Akashic record, one of the, my big beliefs, and I think this relates to everyone who's on the awakening path or the spiritual path, is that fifth dimensional awareness is where we're headed to, which is where the Akashic records are stored. So all of us are starting to have these experiences and kind of going, hmm, what's that about? Mm -hmm. So for anyone out there who's had that kind of, I'm not quite sure where that information came from, but it was extremely detailed, um, you may have already uh, spontaneously been in your records. Mm -hmm. So I hope those three ways are piquing people's interest even more. Yeah, I'm sure they will. And I know um, on your website, you've got lots of resources as well that people can sort of click onto and uh, work with. And um, I, like you say, I, I, I love that we're all seeking um, and the world, or I say the world, uh, dimensionally, everything is opening up to us on a far greater scale than we perhaps well, certainly in our lifetimes, had an experience of. And I think that that's really exciting. And I think mm -hmm. the more we can stay open to these, um, like you say, fourth, fifth dimensions and beyond, it, 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 it's really, um, I, I use the word empowering because it, mm -hmm. does, it has fortified me, particularly in my experience on this, on this earth journey. And um, I know when we had our session together, you took me back to my original seed uh, the soul my the soul of my the seed of my soul and I, I mean we both said it at the time just goosebumps you know everything inside mm -hmm. of me just lit up and it, it just and it, it, I really felt it in my heart center and I think that that's just such a lovely experience for anyone to to have and to have access to and like you say I've always sort of known these things, but when I worked with you, it was affirming that actually, yeah, that is truth and that is accurate. And, and I think that's the, the beauty. And then it empowered me to go on that journey even further and research it further and, you know, right. a, a align myself with this. So, um, I, you know, I found it a really transformational journey. And I mean, I'm very open to these things anyway, but it, it's just lovely to, to, to be able to converse with you in this language. And I know that it is a language to a lot of spiritual seekers. And the fact it's becoming more and more mainstream, um, I think is really exciting. Oh, I do too. Um, I'm so happy to hear you say that, Raphael, because for me, I feel like... Uh, um, in a sense, my mission is to help people reconnect with their Akashic records. You know, people may already be connected with them in some way, but I feel like it's part of our spiritual inheritance. And historically, you know, great leaders have their own Akashic readers. Oh. So um, that, you know, the Ides of March and all that mm. business. So because Akashic readers can learn to put themselves in very specific mind states, which, you know, you can learn to look at future possibilities and probabilities as well as past and present situations. 
So um, I love that you had that experience of it. And I do feel it's something that we're all moving towards in the Aquarian age or the golden age. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're all, all of us are naturally, our vibrational awareness is beginning to expand from the fourth, you know, which is Edgar Casey, who was an Akashic Records reader in the US in the 30s and 40s. He used to call the fourth dimension the realm of ideas. You know, it's where we go, where we ideate, dream, think. But then fifth dimensional awareness, that's everything to do with the soul. So you went, you know, to the seed of your soul. That's everything to do with the Akashic Records. And it's everything to do with spiritual guidance too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're all expanding. And so quite often when clients come to my site, they're like, I ask them how they found me and they're like, I really don't know, <laughs> which I love that response again. I wanted to learn about the Akashic Records. And when I looked around, you know, your site really resonated. So I really don't know how I got here, but I felt like you were the right reader. So all of that is happening. So think of it very much as everyone has ownership in this. Mm. You know, we're all here to do this, to shift. And that in itself is an Akashic concept. Mm. And you it know, just... Yeah, it just sort of led me on to think, because I hear, correct me if I'm wrong, you mentioned the sort of consciousness level um, is like, well, there's our Akashic records on an individual basis. And then there's the the group consciousness Akashic record. And so, you know, the myriad of connections there, it, it, it's, it's just really, you know, as I said, I, I find that really quite inspiring, exciting. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we are playing such a significant role in all of this. You know, I think sometimes we can get lost in, you know, the details of our experience. But actually, yeah. if we can keep opening our awareness and our um, ability to adapt and receive, uh, I think it is, is going to serve us all very well as we move forward, like you say, through in this Aquarian age. Totally. So one of the things I love about the records work that I do is I'm able to help people understand where they are on their journey of vibrational expansion. Mm. There's actually a measurement that can be taken so people can understand why they connected with the Akashic Records, you know, what's happening for them now. And so that they, it's very validating for people to understand that their spiritual practice is making a difference mm. to their ability to perceive um, and expand their intuition in a number of ways. And so the Akashic Records is just really just one part of that expansion. Mm. That sounds really exciting, Sarah. I think that's probably going to be something we explore further, maybe on another episode together, because there is so much we can cover, isn't there? It's a, it's a real broad spectrum. But, um, yes, so hopefully people are starting to get a sense of, you know, in ancient times, uh, Akashic it was Sanskrit for ether or sky. Um, I love the term the fifth element, you know, it's like we have all the other elements, but then we have this fifth one, what is that? So I like to think of the Akashic records that way. So it really is, it's everything, it's a conscious awareness of where we've come from and where we're going in real time as well. Mm, So that for a lot of people on the spiritual journey is definitely something they're looking into. Mm. And I don't, you know, you can't have too much information, can you? You know, it's, it's, it's just all so valuable to our progression. Um, and sometimes, you know, when you say things to someone, they might say, oh, do you know, I was thinking that was going on or I had a feeling that was one of my challenges. And mm-hmm. then to, for you to sort of confirm that and then give tools and direction, 
it, it's just it, it, it's all for the good you know it, it's mm. it, it, it it's just such a powerful step forward and I think the more that it becomes mainstream then the more that it's um the world will improve and we'll we'll live this life at a much higher frequency I totally agree. I think one of the things that was so validating for me working with the Akashic Records, it was all about connecting the dots. Because as somebody who's highly sensitive, I'd always had experiences from a young age, but I had no place to put them. I had no frame of reference. I didn't have family members who were prepared to even talk with me about the experiences I was having. Yet once I learned about the Akashic Records, I realized that there was a system in place there was a process in place here and that if I just learned to understand the system and the process, it would answer a lot of my questions that were causing me grief or making me feel stuck. And so that's been the unfolding for me on the journey. And I mm. hope so for many, many other people as we all wake up to the Akashic Records. Yeah, and I think you make a really good point, Sarah, because you know, highly sensitive people have lived a life right from birth almost where everything has felt very confusing, very uh, foreign, um, you know, as if we don't belong, we don't fit in, nothing mm -hmm. seems to feel comfortable. And I like you say, with this type of work and this type of conversation, it, it, it does begin to normalize all of the things that we felt that we were thinking and feeling and picking up on in energetics. But lots of people are in denial of this and it, it's too big an ask to, to, to absorb it for some, you know, it, it's, it's quite a, a big step. But I think the more that we can feel that it is our norm and it's okay for us to lean into these tools and uh, knowledge base, um, then it, it brings us out of hiding or, you know, feeling overwhelmed. And yeah. that then empowers us to share all of these unique skills and talents that we all have inside of us. And, uh, and I think that's where, th then you lead by example then, don't you? Someone else is inspired right. by your actions or your conversation and it sparks an interest in them. And they then explore their, like you say, I mean, you use the, word, um, the term the Rubik's Cube. I often use mm. the prism, you know, I, I, looking at a prism and the facets. And one day you might be looking at it from this direction, the next day from that direction. But the sort of the global visionary aspect is all playing out in there. It just depends on which sort of aspect you choose to, to come at it from. And I think that's the beauty of the work you do, the work I do, that it allows people to just lean into this bigger structure this bigger framework that actually we all knew existed but we just couldn't access it because those around us couldn't access it either or chose not to and so it left us feeling confused yes well I think we're in a place um, where we're being able to shift because a lot of people have moved up from pure survival through you know pure ego identification to now actively working with perhaps even a separation of mind and ego, you know, like the great Eckhart Tolle made that awareness for himself. You know, if I'm hearing this voice in my head, well, then who am I? Yeah. You know, so once we start to make those um, shifts in awareness, then other realms, if you like, become apparent to us. And um, the Akashic Records, you know, it's here for everybody. Not everybody has to access it. Um, but for those who are, you know, in a place on a spiritual journey where they've been really wanting to connect the dots, 
that's what worked for me because I found I was having spontaneous experiences and I didn't know what to do with them. Mm. So the Akashic Records has helped me with that too. So when you have a spontaneous experience of some kind, there's guidance there to help you process that experience and then find a way to work with it, which is so valuable for anyone on the journey. Mm. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. That's just a wealth of knowledge there. And I know that others who are interested can certainly reach out to you and explore aspects of your website or even work with you individually. And uh, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom on the Akashic Records. And I know personally, it's a, it's a great territory to sort of explore and um, help fortify your own journey and your own path through this lifetime. So thank you so much. Oh, it's been a pleasure, Raphael. Thank you for the opportunity. And um... I hope everybody gets out there and starts thinking about their Akashics. Yeah, thanks you so much, Sarah. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Transformative Studio podcast. I'm Raphael Serena Cox. If you like what you heard or you know someone who will be inspired by the conversation, please share it with them. And don't forget to subscribe. To find out more, please visit thetransformativestudio.com.